Welcome to the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Gomes. And I'm Anna Cash. Here, we come together to bring you a podcast all about preserving food safely, easily, and dare I say perfectly at home. We are master food preservers, moms, wives, and we love talking about canning. We've decided the world needs a podcast that shares up-to-date, modern, safe information about canning, dehydrating, freezing, freeze-drying, and more. We answer listener questions, teach beginner and intermediate techniques, and share our very best tips for preserving successfully. We'll show you how to find trusted recipes, sources, and more so you never have to second-guess your preserving practices again. Ready to can like a master preserver? Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. I'm here with Jenny. We are going to be talking about apples today. If you are in the Northern Hemisphere, maybe you are experiencing some fall-type weather. I know definitely here in Northern Utah, the leaves are putting on a show. It's absolutely gorgeous here. We've had like cooler days, even cooler nights. We've gotten some rain. I mean, it just feels nice. It feels like fall. And with fall comes apples. Apples are one of my very favorite things to do, but I know Jenny also loves them. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about some different ways to preserve apples today. Jenny, do you want to lead us off? Like, what's your favorite? Oh, you know, I just wanted to say, this is like, these are fighting words, right? But I think apple spice beats pumpkin spice all day long, all day long. I don't care if it's a candle or a canned product. <laughs> uh, I think apple spice is so good. I just love all things apples. And I think that they can be really basic and delicious and nutritious, or they can be really churched up and kind of fancy. I think my favorite thing to can with apples, well, my gateway canning recipe, that the, truly the first thing that I learned to can as a grown up was applesauce. I was pregnant with my daughter, my first child. And so I do absolutely love canning applesauce, but I think as a mom of like middle-aged kids where holidays are still kind of a lot of work, I, I bet they're always going to be a lot of work, <laughs> but I think that canning apple pie filling is such a useful thing to put into a jar to use at a time where you either are preparing a dessert for a holiday or you are rushing out the door to go to dinner at someone's house. It is so handy. I cannot underline that enough that it is so handy to have a cooked, seasoned, thickened, shiny, beautiful pie filling in a quart jar. It just it saves you when you don't or when I don't really have a whole lot of bandwidth left. Like it's it's very useful in terms of just saving time and being delish. Is now a good time to talk about canning pie filling? Should we just talk about that right now, Anna? Yes, absolutely, because I'm going to be doing that this week. <laughs> mm, okay. Okay, so the magical ingredient in canning pie filling, and you can find a canned pie filling recipe anywhere online where you type in cooperative extension canning pie filling recipe. But the recipes are all going to be very similar, and the magic ingredient is a product called Clear gel. The gel is spelled with a J and one L, J-E-L, and it's a modified cornstarch, okay? If you were to can with regular cornstarch, and I don't care if your grandma did it, 
here on the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. We are doing things in a safe way, not just the way <laughs> someone else used to do it. Uh, if you were to use regular cornstarch, the cornstarch doesn't allow for even heat penetration, which can be a major safety issue. Also, it gets clumpy and weird. So even if you're not afraid of foodborne illness, you should be afraid of clumps and weirdness. <laughs> But with clear gel, which you can purchase on Amazon, or you can purchase it at, I think, I'm sure some stores have it in person. None of my local stores carry it. I have to buy it on Amazon. It's made by a company called Hoosier, I believe. H-O-O-S-I-E-R. Hoosier Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Hoosier Hill. So I buy mine on Amazon and you use, it's like a cup and a third. It's quite a, it's a, it's more than a tablespoon. It's quite a bit. And you cook or add your apple slices or your peach slices, or your cherries, or whatever you are canning, to this thickened mixture, and ladle it into jars, and it cans up beautifully. It's like, it's like the the advertisements for a slice of pie. You know how the pie filling is like thick and pretty? <laughs> That's what it looks like, but it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't have a yeah. offensive taste or texture. It's just shiny and thick and lovely. I don't find it to be difficult. It's a pretty easy recipe. Anna, will you tell our listeners about using citric acid as an anti-darkening agent? Can you speak to that a little bit? Sure, sure. So there are certain fruits that typically get dark, right? Like the oxidation that happens to the outside of fruit can be unappealing. And apples are one of those. You'll notice like if you cut up an apple and leave it out for maybe even 30 minutes, 40 minutes, it will get dark and brown. And in canning, we do something that's called a pre-treatment of certain things. And basically, it's just maybe a basin with water and what's called your pre-treatment. So that would be citric acid, ascorbic acid, you could use lemon juice, basically something that stops that oxidation from happening in your apples. I especially use this when I'm dehydrating apples because I really don't want like a really dark apple Mm -hmm. slice when I'm dehydrating. But this is especially useful in apples. Apples seem to go dark really fast. Right. And it just keeps them looking really delicious. And it doesn't cost much or take hardly any time to prepare. Right. Right. It's super easy. Ascorbic acid is really easy to find. Ball even has something called fruit fresh, and you can sprinkle that in your water as well. It's a mixture of citric acid, ascorbic acid, dextrose, things like that. But if you don't have any of that, fear not. I had a friend who was really nervous because she was trying to do a recipe with peaches recipe called for ascorbic acid. And I was like, if you have lemon juice, you can just, you know, do maybe a quarter cup or something in your water as well. And that will also stop that. It might affect some of the flavor. It might be kind of a tart flavor. I'm sure if you've had commercial apple slices, you'll notice that they have like a kind of tangy flavor on the outside. And that's usually a pretty treatment like a a citric acid or an ascorbic acid that's on the outside of those. Yeah, I think the darkening solution just or the anti-darkening rather just helps because too, while you're slicing or cutting up your apples, which can take any amount of time, right? I mean, it takes a minute, takes a minute. You don't want all your apples that you've already sliced getting dark. So I think it's smart to have a bowl of that set up before you get going. But that is to conclude my favorite 
recipe that involves apples. What other apple recipes are we loving, Anna? Well, just this fall, I've already done three apple pressings uh, to make apples into apple cider. And it's really been so much fun. About 10 years ago, I purchased a used apple press from somebody locally for the school garden to use as a fundraiser type thing for the fall carnival. We did it once and it was really fun. It was very sticky. Anybody who's ever done pressed apples will know that there's just, it's very sticky. There's so much apple juice that just kind of goes everywhere. So it's really, really fun. It's what I've been doing lately. In fact, tomorrow I'm going to get some more apples and I'm going to make more apple cider. And then I've just been freezing half and then I canned half. And I actually prefer the flavor of the frozen apple cider to the canned just because uh, once you heat up apple cider, it changes kind of the flavor. And I just love that fresh tasting apple cider. So these next ones I'm going to do, I'm going to freeze those as well. Awesome. So Anna is using the word cider and I have heard the word cider to describe fresh pressed apple juice, but I also, and more predominantly have heard it used just in my neck of the woods, right? This, I'm sure this is a regionalism, the word cider to refer to fermented apple juice. So it is thus alcoholic. I don't have any personal experience with fermenting apple juice to make a hard cider. And I only have experience pressing apples to make fresh juice. I have a blog post on my blog. It's at www.thedomesticwildflower.com. And it's all about the apple press and apple crusher that I use. It's a great, I feel like I did a good job on that blog post. It's very long, (laughs) but it explains how you would get going with getting a press. Like what size do you need? How do you figure out, do you need a crusher or not? And I mean, you probably do need a crusher because it's very hard to press them if they're not crushed. But that's a really great tip for our listeners that's, Sometimes yes. I think people want to can everything, just put every single thing in the in the canner. And sometimes the freezer is just gives it preserves that really fresh taste so much better. And you wouldn't necessarily think it. And now a quick word about our courses. Want to learn more about canning? Check out our video courses. Anna's beginner and advanced canning courses are available at smarthomecanning.com. And Jenny teaches super fast steam canning at startcanning.com. Use the code POD25, that's P-O-D-25, to get 25% off those courses today. Yeah, and I was actually picking apples with some friends of mine, and they were like, well, what's the difference between a cider and a juice? And I just looked it up and it says apple cider is raw apple juice that has not undergone a filtration process Ah. to remove coarse particles of pulp or sediment. Apple juice has been made into a concentrate and then water is added back in and it is always pasteurized. So when you go to can your apple cider, you do filter it and then you heat it up. That's what the recipe says to do in... um, in my so easy to preserve as you you heat it up, not to the point of boiling, but pasteurizing for sure for about 10 minutes. And then you put it in your jars and then process it. That's so interesting. Just to note, listeners, we're not hosting a debate over the word cider, whether it means that or not. And I, I believe huh. what Anna's saying, but I think that people have very strong opinions about using the word cider 
as applied to something that's not fermented. But that's neither here nor there. We're just here to tell you how to do it. Another apple favorite recipe that you could make. I wanted to share this one. I made for the first time spiced apple rings. The recipe was from the So Easy to Preserve book. And it's like, it's so good. I want to replace one cup of it the next time I make an apple pie because they were kind of like light and a little bit vinegary, but not crazy vinegary and not sticky sweet. And they still had plenty of crunch. Oh, they were good. I'm just so thrilled with how they turned out. You just make like a light syrup and add a little vinegar and it's they're bomb. They were so good. And I used cinnamon essential oil, which gave it that punch of cinnamon flavor. That was nice. really I know one recipe I read said that you could add a few of those kind of old fashioned cinnamon candies called red hots, but I did not have those and I do not love red 40. So I did not do that, but a person could. <laughs> what other apple recipes can we suggest, Anna? Well, I was just thinking, I mean, even in the apple pie filling recipe, you do use apple juice as the base. So I could use some of my apple cider to give it like that extra bit of apple flavor. Okay. I also did a bunch of dehydrated apple rings with a little bit of cinnamon sugar on them. And then I also did some plain ones. We just kind of snack on those. Mm -hmm. Like when we don't have chips in the house or something, I'm like, some dried fruit. My my kids will probably have like traumatic issues with dried fruit. They'll tell a, a therapist about it, no yeah. doubt. But <laughs> uh, that's so funny. But there's something to be said for just having dried fruit. Uh, I love that, and that's a perfect segue to my next suggestion: fruit leather. Many of the store-bought fruit leathers that you buy, the first ingredient is apples. So if anyone is like, ooh, apples, that's not fruit leather fruit. Well, you are mistaken. It is. And it makes a great fruit leather. You might have remembered from our jam-making episode, the apples actually have a lot of natural pectin in them. So I feel like it makes for a very, like, the tear on the apple fruit leather is very satisfying. My daughter said this, and I was like, you're right. It's not, like, brittle. It's like... Nice and thick and leathery. It's a very satisfying tear. And of course, you can add, I really liked it when I added a little bit of maple syrup. Not a lot, but a few tablespoons probably. Mm. And, or you can just do cinnamon. You could do apple pie spice. You could do a lot of different things, but it makes a great fruit leather. So I've never made fruit leather from apples. Can you walk us through kind of like a general outline of how you would do that? If I was a Instant Pot user, which I'm not, just for a lack of space, I don't have room for such a thing. I would say cook your apples in an instant pot till they were super soft. Uh, Or you can quarter them and cook them just covered with just a little bit of water, um, just enough water probably to cover, cook them till they're soft. And then I put mine through a food mill. So it's just perfectly smooth that way. Or you could peel and core your fresh apples and then cook the chunks until they were soft and then mash them probably or blend them. You could use an immersion blender. There's a lot of different ways that you could make your apples really smooth. But I do the food mill option because I really, really love a food mill. But then once you have perfectly smooth applesauce, it's you're just you're just dehydrating applesauce. That's the fastest way I should have said that. <laughs> you could just after it's smooth, then you can add maple syrup or sugar or nothing, a little lemon juice maybe if you want it to be nice and bright. Pineapple goes really well with apples. I think a little a splash of pineapple juice could be really good. Maybe a sprinkle of cinnamon. 
And then, yeah, then just pour it onto your fruit leather trays and dehydrate. I think I usually do 145 degrees. And if you want to learn more about dehydrating, we have a whole episode about dehydration. That's so cool. I honestly have never thought about doing apples dehydrated or applesauce dehydrated into fruit leather, but that sounds really good. It is good. It's delish. Is that all of our apple ideas for right now? Oh, there is one other thing that I just saw this morning that I was just dying over. Okay. So this is called apple syrup. It's basically cooking down to the thickness and consistency of maple syrup or honey. And you'll want to use apples that have a lot of sugar in them. Most do. And it's just like a highly concentrated syrup that you can use in the place of uh, molasses or honey. It's shelf stable. You can keep it in the fridge, but because of the high sugar content, you can leave it on the shelf. Awesome. Which I was like, what? Yeah. Where did you find this? This is amazing. I know. So there is there is an Instagram account called Forager Chef. It's Alan Burgo. He's a James Beard Award winner. He has a book called Forager Chef's Book of Fool. And he has a couple TV shows. One is called Field Forest Feast, and that's on Apple TV. And then on Hulu, he's on episode two, Chefs versus the Wild. But this, it's called apple molasses, also known as cider syrup, boiled cider, or as I was taught, apple cider reduction. Ah. It's an old preserve of unfiltered apple juice that dates back to the 1600s. Wow. And probably only made in places where they had plenty of firewood because that would have taken a lot of wood to boil that down. That would take a long time. This is not a a recipe for the desert. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Ah, fascinating. Well, I, I'm sure it's like an English, like New England type recipe, right? Like where they had plentiful Macintosh app or something. Right. Variety. But I just thought it looked great. Ah, what a great recipe to end on, Anna. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks so much, everyone, for joining us for another crazy fun episode to talk about. Jenny and I will just be keeping on with all of our food preserving. We love it all. We love (laughs) to talk about it. If you have questions or episode ideas for us, you can send us DMs on Instagram. Jenny's at the Domestic Wildflower and I am at Smart Home Canning. And we just We love talking about preserving. So tag us in your wins or questions or anything. We we love talking about it. Awesome. That's our show. We don't want you to miss an episode, so please be sure to subscribe. If you found this episode helpful and informative, please give our show a rating and review. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps our show grow. Follow us on social media at Smart Home Canning and at The Domestic Wildflower. Email your preserving questions to perfectlypreservedpodcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer your questions on the show. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode released every week.